Hi, and welcome to Shots with Catherine, Conversations with Creatives, where I chat with creators of all different mediums to get into what really keeps those creative gears turning. Today, I'm super excited to welcome my very first guest for this podcast, Shauna Corasani. Shauna is an award-winning writer and director who loves telling queer feel-good stories and is passionate about promoting positive LGBT representation in her works. Shauna is known for the award-winning LGBT rom-com Lover Girl, which I had the honor of shooting, short films Popping the Question and Darren, and the web series The Adventures of Serena Berg. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Catherine. Thanks for having me. So let's get right into it. Filmmaking and directing in particular is such an interesting medium. It's both very creative on an individual level, but also extremely collaborative as you have to work with a team to make the story come to life. What inspired you to pursue it and start your journey? I always love answering this question because I get to tell one of my favorite stories on how I got started in filmmaking. I was in college studying English literature, actually, at the time. Um, I didn't have a film background or anything like that, but I was in this online community of people all over the world who were watching literary web series, which are basically adaptations of literary classics, like uh, Shakespeare plays, uh, Jane Austen novels, that sort of thing. And it was like a very low budget amateur sort of thing because it was just regular people going out and, and writing them and making them. And I thought that was really inspiring. And I made friends with a lot of them and they were they were women and also queer people. And I remember spending so much time thinking that I wanted to make a show like that of my own as well. And I wanted to adopt it based on this French play that I read in high school, which is called Cyrano de Bergerac. And months went by and I wasn't hearing anything and I wasn't seeing anything about it being made. And so one day I was just like, you know what, how hard could it be? I'll, you know, take a stab at this and I'll try making it myself and we'll see how that goes. And then probably the next year and a half or so was just spent adapting creating it and then doing all of the, the like pre-production processes and stuff I really wish I had collaborated with more people on that project because I was so new and I didn't really know what I was doing but at the same time I didn't really know anyone else locally that was also doing that and um, I just didn't have any connections but um, it was a really really fun learning experience all throughout because I worked with a lot of different cast members and I did have a few crew members that helped me out so that was pretty great and after that uh, I just kept doing it I went to set went to like film mix- mixers and took classes and stuff and then then realized how important it is to collaborate with people so for that first project I did I definitely learned that from that but yeah the importance of collaborating overall I think is really important because I always like to surround myself with people who know more than me because it's a tip that I read somewhere a long time ago and that way you just get the best products possible and you get to work with really awesome talented people and I just I just really love working with new people. Was there anything in particular that might have surprised you about the filmmaking process or what was involved in it that you wouldn't have guessed when you first started? Oh probably just the amount of work and all of the different roles that are typically required to pull off a film project depending on what kind of project it is but for my first project in particular looking back the only thing I would change is that I collaborated with other people to do all you know the different roles because I was I did pretty much everything and I learned a lot from it it was a great experience but it was also very stressful so that's one thing that I've learned from filmmaking that I feel is important just Surround yourself with, with a great team. You can't do everything on your own. You can try, but sometimes it's, it's hard. 
And so you mentioned Cyrano de Bergerac and the literary adaptations. Would you say literature is something that has inspired you a lot throughout your journey? Absolutely. I mean, like storytelling at its core is what I'm all about because I just I just love stories. I love unique stories. I love original stories. Telling stories that you don't hear every day. That's what I try to pursue. I just it just really fascinates me. So the creative process for making a film can start months or even years before you even get into pre-production. Do you have any creative processes or things that you do either to come up with new ideas or stories or that you do when you've been inspired and are in the process? I'd say it's a little bit of both because nowadays I get ideas pretty much every day just by like, you know, going on my daily walks or watching a movie or something. But when I was first starting out, I think I was largely motivated by the LGBTQ media that I was seeing and it really impacted me and it got my brain thinking the the how does the phrase go wheels turning and all that because I was like I really like this but I feel like the representation could be better and I was thinking like what are we not seeing in media right now and like what could be improved upon how do you keep track of all your ideas because you're saying you get inspiration (laughs) all the time every day and I know I feel the same way sometimes and it can be hard to just you have a dozen different ideas in your head you Mm -hmm. like all of them but what do you do what if you forget something (laughs) I'm the kind of person who has to write things down immediately or else I will forget. So it's it's sort of a mixture of just using the notes app on my phone and utilizing like Google Docs, for example, just keeping different documents of different ideas I have and, and fleshing out individual ideas. I try to keep it to like one or two centralized documents so it just I don't get confused or overwhelmed by like all the different things that are out there it's a little more helpful for me. But that's what I used to keep track of them is just those those two or three sources. I got to consolidate like that. I sometimes yeah. write things down too if I get an idea and I'm still finding, oh, here's an old notes page on my computer from two years ago. Here's three <laughs> different composition books from various phases of my life that have ideas scribbled in the margins. Yeah, definitely. When you're working on a new film, what is your creative process like specifically on a per project basis? Like how do you get into the world of each story and go about trying to make it really come to life? I feel like I usually try to take my time in the development and the writing process, just making sure I have the story that I want to tell and that I'll know how to tell it. And I know my characters and I know the world. So I'll spend a lot of time with the characters, especially just flushing them out, making them real humans, and making as many outlines as I possibly can. It helps me when it comes to the actual writing the script part to have outlines. And I think it helps to have each character's voice as figured out as I can get. And then I'll try to just look up certain movies or uh, themes or whatever to draw inspiration from. So it it feels more like the world I'm trying to accomplish, if that makes sense. And then when it comes to collaborating with the rest of the team, because there's definitely some very creative positions like costume design, production design, Mm -hmm. cinematography. I've worked with some directors who are very hands-on and are telling you what to do for every little detail. And then some who are more collaborative or some who are very hands-off. Where would you say you fall in terms of collaborating with the other creative members of the team? I feel like in in my beginning journey, I might have been a little more hands-on because I was more used to doing multiple roles at once. 
And so when I was first starting out, I felt like that helped me a little bit communicate more of what I was trying to go for. But nowadays, when I do my projects, I try to step back a little bit more and just let them do their jobs after I communicate what it is to them that I want them to achieve. And then I'll just step back and let them trying to achieve that and I'm usually pretty flexible and so like for example if a costume designer showed me an idea that they had that I never really considered before or like something that I hadn't thought about I would look at it consider it and be like oh you know what actually that does look pretty good that's a great idea I like that let's do that so it ties back to the whole collaboration process because that's another part of why I like collaborating with people so much. You know, the, the old the phrase people always say, filmmaking takes a village. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it takes a whole team of people to make a film. And it's not just the director or the writer. It's the whole team of people to contribute all of these little things towards the end goal. I, I feel like I got carried away a little bit to your original question. But I think my, my answer is just in terms of collaborating, I try to like take a little step back and just keep that like line of communication open between me and the other people just so like we're all on the same page about creating something and what we're all going for yeah the collaboration is definitely one of the things I love too because I might have a really specific vision or a lot of ideas but then sometimes you get the right person and you're just bouncing Mm -hmm. ideas around you can come up with something that's even better than any one person might have originally thought up (laughs) yeah definitely and this Actually, jog my memory too. When I was working on Lover Girl for my costume designer, Bria, she's freaking amazing. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse, but she's freaking amazing in what she does. Just the the clothing and the outfits that she can come up with and design. If I remember right, I didn't actually have a very detailed list of what clothes I wanted all the characters to wear in Lover Girl. There were a lot of different scenes and a lot of flashback scenes. So there were a lot of outfit changes. And I think how she did it was she mostly just worked with the actors to like come up with all the different outfits for each scene and then she had like a detailed folder binder to keep track of all them and that really really helped that was something I was just really impressed on her work for that project oh yeah all the details in that film were great I showed it to a friend of mine the other day and he was saying like wow the outfits they're so middle school and like just the (laughs) set and the music and everything it all fit together really well and on that note, earlier you were talking about just getting into the characters' heads and really understanding the characters for each project that you're working on. And then mm-hmm. with Lover Girl, it felt like all of that really came together well because it felt like the actors understood the characters. It felt like costume mm-hmm. set designers. Everybody was really understanding who these people were, what the story was. Could you talk a little bit more about what you do to really get into the heads of your characters and then communicate that to the actors Mm -hmm. and the rest of the team? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like I got really, really lucky with my cast of Laura Girl, honestly. I had a very clear idea of what these characters were, but at the same time, I was flexible on the wiggle room in terms of how the actor would interpret them. But I I actually don't think we had very many rehearsals for Laura Girl. I feel like it was just two or three rehearsals at the very most. It was a little tricky because one of our actors wasn't that local and so they couldn't always be there in person for the rehearsals so we have to do a few video calls and stuff which was fine it worked out well but for each of the characters I would have different character profiles and uh, had like a long detailed list of all the things that make a human a human so for example I would have their fashion style who they are as a person whether they're an introvert or an extrovert what their interests are their likes their dislikes their fears their hobbies a little bit of their family background as well so it would help on a clear background picture even though that information necessarily isn't included in the final film and then I also gave them a few character references 
I also give them some light homework. I had them watch a few comedy LGBTQ shows. So they would get the vibe of like what kind of comedic timing I was going for, for example. So I feel like that helped a little bit. But aside from the rehearsals, I just gotta say all my actors were so great. It wasn't hard to get them to be the version of their of the character that I wanted them to be and their versions of the characters made it even better because I felt like it was pretty much the same of like what I was going for and so I was really happy for that and in terms of a specific character Danny my actor for that I was so lucky to find her I've actually found her through one of my roommates and I was looking for someone who was also bisexual or at least queer since the character is bisexual and my actor for that was bisexual and she was very much like Danny she was already the sporty type of girl and she was all, like lived in workout clothes and stuff and so it was perfect. I'm really happy it worked out that way. And then that actually kind of leads into my next question. You mentioned earlier how important casting is and in Lover Girl, the performance is really shown. I mean, Shona especially stood out. They were like a cartoon character. So because some actors just have it right away. Some actors mm-hmm. might not seem to have it right away, but you can tell that with the right direction, they could really shine in a certain role. So Having spotted that and captured it, what do you tend to look for when it comes to actors and casting and how do you find it? (laughs) That's a great question. I am still asking myself that, to be honest, because I feel like I'm not that good of a casting director. I don't have any casting director experience, but somehow I always end up doing the casting on my projects. But what I look for in an actor is just how well I feel that they connect to the material and how they can portray, for example, a scene that they're eating. If that's how I'm doing the audition, I'll look for how well they express the emotions of the scene or whatever the character is going through or saying. And then other than that, I think that's pretty much it. (laughs) I have a really simple process for casting. If they're good, I'll take them to the next round if I am having a next round and I'll have likely do callbacks with someone if that's applicable and then in terms of callbacks if I do callbacks for something if their chemistry is really good and I feel like they both embody the characters the way that I see them then I would cast them based on that but going back to what you said about some actors have the it thing and some don't I definitely feel that way about my actor Shona who played Dakota the lead in Lover Girl they actually auditioned for both Dakota and Danny and they were really good in, in both auditions. They're a great, fantastic actor. But as soon as I saw Shona's audition for Dakota, I was like, that's it. I found my Dakota. I found the one. It was a self-tape that they sent it because they live in Sacramento and it's pretty far from where I live. And so for the callbacks, I did call them back for a second audition and they they also nailed it. I think this one was a chemistry read, actually. And I think they read with a few other people. I can't remember how that went, but obviously the chemistry read with Erica, who plays Danny, they just both knocked out of the park and it was actually so good. It almost moved me to like happy tears <laughs> because it was just exactly like what I was picturing and what I was going for in terms of their relationship and how they bounce off of each other and how they contribute to each other's storylines in the film. So that's a little fun story I like to tell about how I found my actors and what I look for in an actor when casting. But like I said, I'm, I'm still working on improving that and, and figuring out how better to cast people. Oh yeah, casting can be so hard. I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah. you get somebody who just walks in or sends in a tape and you just know, okay, that's the yeah. one, that's it. But I mean, the rest of the time it can be tricky because sometimes they might somewhat understand a character or I've done auditions where I've seen actors who do a really good job reading the script, but then you give them a direction and they just Mm -hmm. give you the same performance. So, oh, maybe they get it, but they can't really take direction. And 
Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, actually, because direction is another thing I forgot to include as one of the things I look for when casting for an actor. Direction is definitely one of the things I look for in terms of how they take it and how they can administer in the next take. Like you just said, they can nail the scene, they can do really, really well and read the lines well and emanate the character well in the way that I feel that character should be emanated in that scene. But if I give them direction to, for example, try something else in the next take or deliver it a different way, for example, in the next take, and I feel like they struggle with that or they don't do as good of a job as I feel like they could do, or they just don't deliver what I'm asking, then that's when I know that, you know, you're probably not a good fit. I would still consider them, of course, but it's just one of the things that I look for in terms of whether I cast someone or whether I don't cast someone. When it comes to directing the actors, of course, everybody's different. There's such a wide range out there of techniques. Mm -hmm. You got your method actors like Daniel Day-Lewis. And then (laughs) (laughs) there's so many different approaches, techniques and styles. And then, of course, everybody's just different on a personal level. How do you approach getting to know and directing the actors and working with them to develop the performance, especially if there may be somebody who approaches it differently than you might? This is one of the things I'm still working on learning how to do better and improving. I I actually just got a book on on how to direct actors and it's like this really thick guide on on how to do it. It's like goes really in depth and I'm really excited to read that. Directing Actors by Judith Weston, the 25th anniversary edition. So I am excited to dig into that because I feel like it will teach me a lot. But in terms of working with actors and directing them, I got to say rehearsals really helped. When I did Poppy the Question, we did a lot of rehearsals. It was like once a week for three or four weeks before the shoot. And that really, really helped me communicate to the each of the actors how their character is, where their character goes in the film, and how they react to the big events of the film. And in terms of developing the relationship as well, the character's relationship, I mean. So that really helped. I am definitely going to do that more in my next projects because I feel like I sort of lucked out with Lover Girl. Like I mentioned earlier, we didn't really do a whole lot of rehearsals, but it just ended up working. Like each of the actors just brought their A-game and they, I felt like they understood the characters. And so they were able to portray them in the way that I saw the characters. For example, like during an actual shoot, I'll be pretty like laid back, a little flexible, but also like very firm on what it is I want out of a character for each like scene. So for example, before each new scene, I think I'll just remind the actors like this character is feeling this way because this happened or something like that. And so I want you to emanate that. I think pretty much anything else is just like more like technical little things like for example like can you hold this object or whatever something like that but that's pretty much it on how I work with actors and I'm looking forward to learning more about how to do that and get better one of the things that I thought was really impressive with Lover Girl was so much of the movements and just the characters little gestures in between the dialogue and primary scenes and overarching story Mm -hmm. it all felt really natural how much of that was pre-imagined versus what you kind of came up with with the actors I want to say a lot of it was actually just natural and and like it would come to them as as we went along because if I remember right we didn't really do a whole lot of blocking beforehand for each scene I wasn't like okay you scratch your face when you say this or something like that or cross your arms when you say this I'm not that kind of director I don't want to like dictate every movement or gesture that they make I want to just like leave it up to them and do what they feel feels natural for example hand gestures when they're 
talking really animatedly or something like that. Of course, if, if I feel that something doesn't work during shooting, like for example, if something was like blocking their face when they're doing movement or, or gestures, then I'll try and like readjust it and work with the DP and stuff to see how would that look better on screen. But I feel like I'm pretty lenient when it comes to stuff like that. Well, it just shows how well they understand the characters. Yeah, exactly. felt like they had such great chemistry. I mean, I think some of the improv was just them improvised teasing each other and it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. So your focus is mainly on positive queer representation in mm-hmm. your films. What do you feel is lacking in a lot of the mainstream films that we see these days? And what are you trying to address with mm-hmm. your work? I think one of the main things that's lacking is just more positivity, but not the sort of positivity that's like fake positivity. Everything has to be happy and good all the time and no one can ever have like a bad day or something because that's not realistic in real life we're all gonna have bad days you know and in terms of like queer people being represented in media I just want to see more of them living their daily lives and going about their business and doing other things that don't involve their queer identity because it's a big part of who they are but it doesn't make them who they are so I love stories where you see queer people just existing or going on a journey or going to the store or pursuing a romantic relationship and and most of the time their queer identity isn't even like discussed or um it's great if it is discussed of course but I think my point is that it's not the main point of the story or the film I like when we move away from that because I feel like it just progresses us more and and shows the mainstream world that like queer people are people they just they exist it's almost like they're human beings just like us (laughs) So that's what I like to see. I also want to see different genres. Like, for example, I don't know if this is going to open up a whole can of worms because I could talk about this for such a long time. But for example, the lesbian period drama, I feel like it's so overdone. And I just want to see other genres that represent queer people. Like, give us sci-fi, give us mystery, give us dystopian and and stuff like that. Just because it makes it more all-encompassing and makes it more diverse, I feel. So that's sort of what I'd like to see more. And that's what I try to like show in my work. Yeah, it definitely feels like so many movies these days, mainstream ones, it's if there's a queer person featured, that's their whole personality or that's their whole storyline. And yep. we've had enough of that, I think. Yep, we've, yeah, I totally agree. We've, we've had enough of that. They're, they're great. I'm glad they're being made. And I'm glad that they furthered the representation. But I feel like we could go in a better direction. And we could use something new. Definitely. I love, I love original stuff. And I love stories that have something to say and that you don't see every day. Because that makes it much more unique, I think. Definitely. And that kind of leads into my next question. So over the last few years, we definitely have seen a rise in queer content representation in mainstream and independent media, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But then on the flip side, we also see a lot more queer baiting content or inauthentic or overly stereotypical representation as well. And mm-hmm. what do you think that filmmakers who are creating non-specifically queer stories or non-queer filmmakers can do to better foster and further positive and authentic representation? That's easy. Just hire queer people. <laughs> hire, like, if, if you're making a, a queer film and you, you're an ally, for example, or you know nothing about the content or the story that you want to tell, just hire queer people. That's, it's as simple as that. Because then they're bringing their own talent and perspective and experience 
to this story and this project and they can make it more authentic or make it more real or make it more, not palatable, but more believable, I think is the word I was looking for. So I think there should definitely be more of that. Oh, yeah, because it feels like half the movies these days just made by rich old white guys who are trying to write women and gay people and have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) Yep, you can say that again. Put them in the room. Yeah, exactly. Give give everybody an opportunity because there's definitely so many underrepresented voices out there. Yeah, I totally agree. Last question. What are you working on now and where can we find your work? Yeah, so... Like I mentioned before, I always have a ton of ideas floating around my head. I I have them written down. And so I have a few shorts that I'm working on. One is called Three Wishes. It's sort of like a comedy fantasy type short about this insurance office worker who ends up finding this magical object to get revenge on her rival co-worker. So I'm really looking forward to writing that because I feel like I'll have a lot of fun with it. And then I have a few other short ideas in mind that I'd like to flesh out and a couple of shows I'd like to write. And also I'm gearing, I'm slowly gearing up to make my first feature film. I'm very excited about it. And uh, I call it my gay holiday action movie. It's about a former assassin who is about to enjoy her first holiday season with her new wife and their new child. But people from her past, such as her her foes and her colleagues and her enemies come looking for her. And so she has to scramble to hide them from her new family. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I feel like it's a little different from, from the stories I usually tell, but I'm pretty excited about it. Where you can find my work, I have a website. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, although I don't really use TikTok that much. My website is shaunacorasanifilms.com and I'm at shaunacorasani on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook at shaunacorasanifilms. And I post the occasional update on my filmmaking process and stuff. So that's where you can find my work. Oh, I'm also on YouTube, but you'll find that on my website. And Lover Girl has over a million views now. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Lover Girl has over one million views since I posted it. Last January, actually, January 2021, after a very successful festival run, I am still pinching myself, actually. I can't believe that many eyeballs have seen it. And I'm really, really lucky and grateful for just my my whole team helping me make it as, as good as it can be. And that includes you, Catherine, who was the DP for Lover Girl, and she made it look freaking gorgeous. Oh, that was so much fun to work on. And hey, what better way to yeah. mark the one-year anniversary of putting it out there? Hell Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I look forward to seeing this epic holiday queer blockbuster yes. that sounds like it's in the works. Yeah, I'm very excited to to keep working on it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. It was really fun to to chat about our experiences and stuff. Well, you'll have to come back for another interview once you finish that uh, action movie script. Definitely will.